You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, hey guys, it's Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Welcome this morning to Getting in the Word. It is an honor. It is a delight to have you on our program today. I pray that the Lord blesses you this week, and this message will be an encouragement to you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. We had a live audio show this morning on Telegram on getting in the Word, and I encourage you, if you have an opportunity to pop on there, you can uh, join us there live, and it's a wonderful time to interact with one another and to hear your thoughts and get your feedback. It's true blessing. Uh, that group has become a, a, a special place to be. And so if you are interested in that, uh, just look at the link below and that'll show you where you can join us at uh, Getting in the Word. Um, today I want us to consider the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. Um, I, I've entitled this devotional, Responding Well. Um, how is it that as we face uncertain days that we can respond properly? So how is it that we can have a proper response in the face of bad news, in the face of difficulties? And I think Nehemiah gives us a proper response. Here's the secret. We fight our battles on our knees. We've tried it man's way. We've tried to win and accomplish things throughout history by, by accomplishing it the way man sees it. But God wants us to understand and know that, that we fight battles, listen, on our knees. And Nehemiah is a man who is about that business. And we're going to see his response to a difficult uh situation in which he finds himself. And so if you will, turn in there, your Bibles, to chapter 1 of Nehemiah. And I want us to begin by listening to the report that Nehemiah gets from his brother and some visitors that come from uh, his hometown, uh, Judah, to concerning the Jews and the city of Jerusalem. And so it tells us here, uh, in chapter 1, starting in verse 2, that Hananiah, one of his brothers, came from Judah asking concerning the Jews, uh, those who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. So Nehemiah asked his brother, how are things going back in Judah? They came and they said, the remnant there in the providence who survived the captivity are in great distress and, the, and, and, and reproach. And the walls of Jerusalem are broken down and its gates are burned with fire. What we're going to see today is the reaction of Nehemiah. We can talk about perspectives and see how all of those interact. But Nehemiah has ultimately gotten bad news. But he responds well to the bad news. And I bring about that question because I want us to consider for ourselves how it is that we respond when we encounter bad news. And we're going to learn ultimately a proper response today. So I've entitled it again, Having a Proper Response, if you would say. 
Let's see how Nehemiah responds. Well, he says in verse 4, When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Do you ever wish that you could respond that way when you face difficult news? Notice the five things that Nehemiah does. First thing that he does is it says he sits down. Have you ever been in a place or saw someone that received such bad news, the only thing they can do is sit down in utter distress? I'm reminded of a time when someone's home burnt down and all they could do is fall down in utter shock as to what was happening as they lost everything. This is what Nehemiah felt when he heard the news that his home, his people were in utter devastation. But notice the second thing that it says he does, he wept. I don't think that needs to be explained much, that he simply, he, he, he cried uncontrollably. The news that he received was in some fashion, uh, that was, oh, well, they just, uh, you know, the city's not doing good. No, it was utter distress. He had had enough. He had heard probably of what had was going on, but now the news became real. It was clarified and he was in utter distress about the circumstances and the reputation of His people and of God. I'm reminded from God's Word that men of God who truly care weep over difficult circumstances of God's people. Acts 20, 19 reminds us that when serving the Lord with all humility and tears and with trials which came upon me, He says, through the plot of the Jews... 2 Corinthians 2.4, Paul says, For out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you with many tears. Listen, Nehemiah loved the people of Jerusalem. He loved God. This was terrible news. We also see men weeping like the prophet Jeremiah. My soul, oh my soul, I'm in anguish. Oh my heart, my heart is pounding in me. I cannot be silent because you have heard, oh my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. One thing I can't help but be reminded of is the fact that Jesus wept. He wept over the people because weeping shows that there is a deep concern, a deep care. When is the last time you or I have wept over the people of God, the church, this country? When is the last time that our desire, our care for people have been so overwhelming that it has caused us to weep uncontrollably? Listen, in order to care about people, we must really have feelings about them and about the Lord. Yes, we could have noticed, he could have said, well, you know, if they, those sinners, if they would have been acting right, obeying God, God wouldn't be destroying the city. It's their own fault. They would just get right with God, then maybe God would do something for them. No, that's not how he responded, and that's not how we should respond. No, what we should do so we should weep over the people, over their circumstances, over their situations. 
He wept for the city. He wept because the walls were down. Their protection was undone. And he wept because the gates had been burned. And more than that, he wept because God was being mocked. The third thing that he does is it says he mourns. I know that people mourn over the loss of a loved one, the loss of a house. I saw uh, people mourning when the Twin Towers came down and all of the devastation that unfolded because of that. Great leaders mourn over the fall of their nation being led astray. Great leaders mourn over the devastation that's happening in the churches. We, we, we need to mourn, not so much moan. We have a lot of moaning going on, but what we need to do is repent and mourn of what's happening to our people, to our nation. It starts with the household of God, guys. The fourth thing that he does is he fasts. He, he takes uh, time away from food, and when he pains in his stomach, he's just reminded of God. He takes those moments, those things, and those food, and, and he twists that around, and he begins to focus in on God and what's happening among His people. And so he steps away. We do fasting with food most of the time, but you can take your social media and fast it. You can take those things that you are addicted to, like sugar, and you can fast it. And every time you have a craving, you can get on your knees and be reminded of God. There is that reality. Fasting and praying, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. Listen, fasting is not manipulating God into doing something, but it's simply humbling ourselves before God, understanding that the circumstances we face, the circumstances that Judah was facing was only capable of being fixed by prayer and by trusting in an all-sovereign God. And today, listen, our circumstances, your circumstances, whatever it is you're facing, are only possible through an all-sovereign God who can indeed restore, renew, and reestablish, but it will come at the cost of us falling on our knees to mourn, to fast, and lastly, to pray. He, he, fifth thing he does is he prays. Listen, we need to be a, a generation of prayer warriors. Men and women praying and seeking God and His grace and His mercy. That's what we need in this nation. We need people who are willing to pray, to fight the battle on their knees, because no methods of man will ever reestablish our people for God's glory unless they are changed within their hearts. We need salvation to burst forth. You want revival in this nation? You want revival in the church? Well, listen, it starts with regeneration. It starts with the God of the Bible through the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It, it starts because of what Christ has done on the cross at Calvary. We need to be saved. We need our sins to be forgiven. Because when we are saved, we are made new. We become a new creation in Christ. The old things have passed away, and behold, the new have come. We need to pray that God would bring about great salvations, because when He does, then we as the body of Christ can stand together and put off those things that dishonor God. We can put off those, those things that, 
that, that are displeasing to the Lord. But until we do that, we'll be fighting a battle man's way. It begins with prayer. So let me ask you today, how do you respond when you face difficult circumstances? I want you to respond like Nehemiah responded. A man in prayer, on his knees, in complete and total submission to God. Because it's then God can have His way and be honored and glorified. And He can work. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, He will do a mighty work in this land. He will do a mighty work in this nation. He will do a mighty work in your home. He will do a mighty work in your life. But it begins with prayer. Let us be a people who respond properly by praying, seeking God, and trusting Him. May God bless you as you walk with Him today. We love you, and may God bless you, and may God bless America. This has been Getting in the Word with Pastor Stuart Guthrie. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast, and be sure to visit us online at familybiblefellowship.org. And come see us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m.